This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit GaryNorth.com slash free books to download this book in PDF format. By This Standard The Authority of God's Law Today by Greg L. Bonson Published by the Institute for Christian Economics, Tyler, Texas Copyright 1985 Subsection B Cardinal Doctrines of the Faith Chapter 5 The Covenant's Uniform Standard of Right and Wrong Quote, My covenant I will not violate, nor will I alter the utterance of my lips. End quote. Psalm chapter 89, verse 34 If something was sinful in the Old Testament, it is likewise sinful in the age of the New Testament. Moral standards, unlike the price of gasoline or the changing artistic tastes of a culture, do not fluctuate. In the United States, there was a time when driving your car at 65 miles per hour was permissible. Now any speed above 55 is illegal. But God's laws are not like that, just today, unjust tomorrow. When the Lord makes a moral judgment, he is not unsure of himself, or tentative, or fickle. Unlike human lawmakers, God does not change his mind or alter his standards of righteousness. Quote, my covenant I will not violate, nor will I alter the utterance of my lips. Psalm 89, verse 34. When the Lord speaks, his word stands firm forever. His standards of right and wrong do not change from age to age. Quote, all his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. End quote. Psalm 111, verse 7 and 8. Accordingly, Jesus spoke with unmistakable clarity when he said, It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of the law to fail. Luke chapter 16, verse 17. The coming of God's righteous Son surely could do nothing to change the righteous character of God's laws, even the least of them, for then they would be exposed as unjust and less than eternal in their uprightness. So Christ issues this severe warning, Whoever annuls one of the least of these commandments and so teaches others shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5 verse 19 The advent of the Savior and the inauguration of the new age do not have the effect of abrogating the slightest detail of God's righteous commandments. God has not changed his mind about good and evil or what constitutes them. We can be very glad that God sticks by his word in this way. The authority of his word for human life is as permanent as that word by which he created and governs the world. Psalm 19, verses 1 through 14, and Psalm 33, verses 4 through 11. If God's word to us were not as stable as this, if he were subject to moods and changed his mind from time to time, then we could not rely on anything he told us. If God's law has a fluctuating validity, then so might his promises. If we say that a commandment given by God in the Old Testament is no longer a standard of righteousness and justice for today, then we can equally anticipate that a promise of salvation given by God in the New Testament will in some future day no longer be a permanent guarantee of his favor toward us. But praise the Lord that his word is stable. He never lets us down, as did our human parents and human rulers, with commands that are unfair and promises that are not kept. Whatever God says endures and cannot be emptied of validity. John 10, 35 
God's gracious salvation and the justice of his law shall not be abolished but endure forever. Quote, Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth, and mine arms shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arm shall they trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness. The people in whose heart is my law, fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. End quote. Isaiah chapter 51 verses 4 through 8. The righteous law of God, which condemns our sin, is as permanent as the good news from God which promises salvation from sin's judgment. Covenant, Unity and Diversity It is important to remember this, especially when some would tell us that the coming of the New Testament does away with our obligation to the Old Testament's commandments, or many of them anyway. The division of the Bible into two testaments is better understood in the biblical sense as two covenants. Prior to the coming of Christ, men lived under the Old Covenant, which anticipated the Messiah and his work of salvation. After the coming of Christ and his saving work, we live under the New Covenant. Luke chapter 22 verse 20 and 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 25. Within the Old Covenant scriptures, we find a few particular covenants, such as those made with Abraham and with Moses. The Abrahamic covenant is often characterized in terms of promise, and the Mosaic covenant is remembered for its strong element of law. Now some people would say that New Covenant believers are under the Abrahamic covenant of promise today, but not the Mosaic covenant with its laws. However, that is far from the outlook of the scriptural writers. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 21, Paul addresses this question to those who speak of being under one or the other covenant. Quote, is the law contrary to the promises of God? And his inspired answer is, may it never be. End quote. The fact is that all of the covenants of the Old Covenant, that is, all of the Old Testament covenants, are unified as parts of the one overall covenant of grace established by God. Paul spoke of Gentiles who are not part of the Old Covenant economy, which included the Abrahamic, Mosaic, and Davidic covenants as strangers to the covenant of promise. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. There were many progressively revealed aspects to the single promise of God in the Old Testament, many administrations of the one overall covenant of grace. Thus, the various covenants of the Old Covenant were all part of one program and plan. Not only were they harmonious with one another, but they were all unified with the new covenant which was promised in Jeremiah 31 and is enjoyed by Christians today. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 through 13. There is one basic covenant of grace, characterized by anticipation in the Old Covenant and by realization in the New Covenant. John chapter 1, verse 17. Given the unity of God's covenant throughout history and the Bible, then, is it true that Christians living under the New Covenant are not obliged to keep the Old Covenant law, the commandments of the Old Testament, especially those given by Moses? Every covenant established by God, even the Abrahamic, Genesis 17, 1, 
not only declares his gracious work on behalf of his people, but lays down stipulations which they are to observe as a sign of fidelity and love to him. For instance, the giving of the law at Sinai, Exodus 20-23, was preceded by God's gracious deliverance of Israel from bondage, Exodus chapter 19, verse 4, and chapter 20, verse 2. God identified himself as the Lord of the covenant and rehearsed his gracious dealings with his people, Deuteronomy chapters 1-4. through 4. And then with that foundation and background, he delivered his law, Deuteronomy chapter 5. The failure of the Mosaic generation can be called a failure in obedience, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. But this is identical with a failure of faith, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 9. The righteous of the Mosaic law was always to be sought by faith, not works, Romans chapter 9, verse 31 and 32. We see illustrated here that even the Mosaic covenant characterized by law is a gracious covenant. The law which we read in the Old Testament is a provision of God's grace to us. Psalm 19, verse 29, and verses 62 through 64. Every covenant carries stipulations which are to be kept, as we have seen. But prior to that, we saw that all of the covenants of God are unified into one overall covenant of grace, fully realized with the coming of Christ in the new covenant. So if there is one covenant enjoyed by the people of God throughout the ages, then there is one moral code or set of stipulations which govern those who would be covenant keepers. Therefore, we must answer that, of course, New Testament believers are bound to the Old Testament law of God. His standards, just like his covenant, are unchanging. The Newness of God's Covenant This perspective is confirmed by the Word of God. When we inquire as to what is new about the new covenant under which Christians now live, we must allow the Lord to define the proper answer. We cannot read into the idea of a new covenant just anything we wish or can imagine. The revealed terms of the new covenant are given to us in both Jeremiah 31, verse 33 and 34, and Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8 through 12. And when we look at them, we find that the new covenant is far from suppressing or changing the law or moral standard by which God's people are to live. Just the opposite is true. Contrary to those who think that the Mosaic law is not applicable to the New Testament believer, Scripture teaches us, This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and I will write them upon their hearts. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10. The establishment of the New Covenant does not imply the abrogation of the Mosaic Law or its depreciation in any sense. The idea of a new law is ruled out together. The idea of a new law is ruled out altogether, for it is the well-known law of God which he says he will write upon the hearts of the New Covenant believers. Unlike the Old Covenant where God found fault with the people for breaking his commandments, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 8 and 9, the New Covenant will give internal strength for keeping those very commandments. It will write the law on believers' hearts, for out of the heart are the issues of life. Proverbs 4, verse 23. The Holy Spirit of God will indwell the heart of believers, writing God's law therein, with the result that they will live according to the commandments. Quote, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. End quote. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27. As Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 verse 4, those who now walk according to the Spirit have the requirement of the law fulfilled within them. America's 20th century Orthodox Protestant leader J. Gresham Machen said, 
Quote, the gospel does not abrogate God's law, but it makes men love it with all their hearts. End quote. Psalm 89 verse 34 was cited above. Quote, my covenant I will not violate, nor will I alter the utterance of my lips. End quote. God's covenant law is one unchanging moral code through Old and New Testaments. Once God has spoken his law and expressed his righteous standards, he does not alter it. Indeed, he pronounces a warning and curse upon anyone who would dare tamper with his stipulations in the slightest. Times may change, human laws may be altered, but God's law is an eternally just and valid standard of right and wrong. One of the requirements of his law which reflects his holy character is the prohibition of using a double standard. Deuteronomy 25 verse 13 through 16, Leviticus chapter 19 verse 35 through 37. It is ungodly to use one measure or yardstick with some people, and then use an altered measure with others. Quote, diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them are like abomination to the Lord. End quote. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 10. Accordingly, God requires that we have but one standard or moral judgment, whether it be for the stranger or the native. Leviticus 24 verse 22, Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 16 through 17, and Numbers chapter 15 verse 16. He abhors a double standard of right and wrong, and we can be sure that he does not judge in such a fashion. Something that was sinful in the Old Testament is likewise sinful for us in the New Testament, for God's standards are not subject to fluctuation from age to age. He has one uniform standard of right and wrong. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.